welcome to the EY Tech Connect podcast, where we have candid conversation about the most pressing priorities facing tech, media and entertainment, and telecommunication companies, and provide strategic insights on the key issues that matter to them. As industry ecosystems evolve in new directions, we use these discussions to reflect on how companies can not only take advantage of new opportunities, but also tackle emerging challenges. Welcome to the EY Tech Connect podcast. Let's introduce you to our experts for today's conversation. My name is Adrian Bashnonga, and I'm lead analyst for telecommunications at EY. And I'm delighted to be joined by Isabel de Dios Gonzalez, a partner for TMT Transactions and Corporate Finance, and Michael Mizrahi, partner at EY Parthenon. So today we're going to be talking about asset rights strategies for telcos and how they can maximize the value of their assets and the key considerations they should bear in mind as they review their levels of infrastructure ownership. Perhaps it's worth starting by exploring why asset rights is so important for telcos. What's the rationale behind it and why do telcos need to take action now? So Isabel, maybe over to you for that one. Yes, thank you, Adrian. As we all know, telcos are facing significant challenges these days, increased level of competitions, significant price pressure, which is not going to be easy going forward. And at the same time, they need to continue investing. They clearly need to take action. What we are seeing across the industry is that some of the assets they have are really valuable for infrastructure funds, for private equities, for hyperscalers. So why not rethink your portfolio strategy by which you can monetize certain assets and create value for your shareholders? Because the pressure is going forward and they need to take action as soon as possible. Very interesting. And, and Mike, maybe you've got some, some thoughts on that as well. Yeah. When telcos are discussing the assets to be asset right, you know, I think first and foremost, you know, they're not only thinking about fiber or copper wireline in the ground, but also the different layers of wireline on what we would call the super highway of broadband or transit that covers long distance. And then the access roads of broadband and, of course, the electronics on the wireline to compute data centers holding the direct data itself, cell towers, spectrum, and wireless telecom services that would also be associated with this, including subsea cables as well. There's a whole bunch of elements that go with the network. And when we're monetizing the assets and thinking about asset right, we're talking about strategies that are broad and encompass quite a bit in the telco network. This is a highly strategic and highly customizable exercise. So as far as telcos needing to take action now, the rationale for asset light, you know, the different motivations and bespoke strategies. Initial opportunity is really to get them in place and capture value at the beginning of the asset cycle. Over time, the share that you get from having that asset and moving that forward becomes less proportionate and your fair share is achieved. To add to Isabel's points, one of the major reasons operators begin considering going asset right and it could be at any part of the network, is you could be repositioning your assets. So for instance, a sales lease back and see low risk there. You could just need more capital to capture opportunities from new assets attached to the network, which are, are very important to position yourself in the immediate term. And all of this is kind of a balance between the risk 
uh, to an operator's operations and, and the capital that's needed to reinvest and realize value from the future potential of the network. A lot of this is lifecycle, competition, other topics that are super important to the evolving nature of the network, things like edge compute or returning value back to investors. Number of motivations that are important here. Well, that's very interesting to hear, Mike, and and from you too, Isabel, just the sheer range of forces in play, if you like, external factors, the competition, all of these new emerging technologies, and and clearly a lot of decision-making on the part of telcos as a result. Now, clearly, a lot of telcos own a range of assets across fixed and mobile infrastructure, but also more broadly across the ICT ecosystem. So which domains are the key ones that are in play as telcos move forward with these asset rights strategies? Mike, maybe over to you for that. Across the domains of of fixed and mobile telecom infrastructure we've discussed, so fiber and copper, towers and spectrum, data centers, subsea cables, ICT, Telecom operators are considering all parts of the network, quote unquote, in play. So while there are some themes geographically, there are also market by market archetype considerations. I'll give you some examples. In Europe, for instance, the maturity of the market in the wireless space is encouraging more and more towers to be consolidated by tower codes. There's also evolved views around RAN sharing and small cell. We talk about the U.S. fairly mature market in wireless and increasingly mature market in specific areas of wireline. So transit networks are kind of the new thing to be carved out. If you look at Mexico, though, you know you have towers and backbone that are both being carved out from the operators. So, you know what is in play and what is not in play definitely varies. One of the things that's really consistent is that access networks, whether it's wireline or wireless, tend to not be as in play when you're going asset right. And that's because whether it's the radio antenna equipment or if it's the last mile of fiber and or copper or coax, the customer relationship and experience at that point within the network is super important to control. We could talk about market by market based on the maturity and the competitive nature and the multiples you might be able to achieve from asset right. But one thing you won't see is, is operators that are really focused on carving out or sales leasebacks and in, in kind of the access network. But, you know, that's just my perspective. No, absolutely agree, Mike. And to that point, I think we've seen a similar trend in Europe. In fact, most of the transactions we've seen are around passive infrastructure. So we've seen all the large telcos and, and you name it, Vodafone, Orange, Telefonica, Deutsche Telekom, selling their towers. And they have adopted different transaction structures. Some have gone for an IPO, some others have sold a minority stake, some others have even divested 100% of their tower portfolio. Different types of transactions, but it tends to be around what we call passive assets. So they keep the control of the end of the active part and they tend to divest and to transact around what they consider less core for the day-to-day, which brings them uh, significant valuations as well. It's a combination of perceiving assets potentially as less strategics and also monetizing those assets at a very, very high valuation and creating value for the shareholders at the end of the day. I'll cite just one exception. You know, in some countries, we are starting to see this breakdown of InfraCo, ServCo, OpCo under the same umbrella. And and part of that is achieving value on specific returns of each of those businesses. So in your core 
network uh, or transit network where you have low single or low double digit, high single digit returns versus access where you might have higher kind of mid-teen returns. Capital raise can be very different if you have separate entities. So I, I would say there are some nuances there, but effectively, yeah, I agree with Isabel here. It's a lot of passive infrastructure and everything except for maybe that last mile that's really being considered across the globe. Yeah, really interesting to hear the diversity of the assets that are in play and admittedly some nuances there, a greater focus on passive infrastructure and clearly the opportunity varying by geography. And as telcos try to delineate effectively between what is core to them, but also non-core and then execute the right kind of deal, what should be top of mind for them? I think the critical part here is really taking a holistic view around the entire portfolio and really understanding what are the different linkages and interdependencies with the different asset classes. So it's not as easy as saying, I'm going to divest my passive infrastructure, I'm going to consider selling a minority stick here or there. Really, you need to take a holistic view and try to understand what's the impact of a specific transaction in your remaining portfolio. You might be an integrated income player. What are you going to do with your mobile business? If you divest your passive infrastructure, is it better to divest it? Is it better to partner with the hyperscalers? Can you divest your data centers? Will that affect your five-year strategy? It's not just considering one isolated asset class and taking a decision on what to do with that asset class. It's looking at your entire portfolio of taking a holistic view and make sure that any action you take in one part of the value chain will have an impact on another part of the value chain. It goes beyond just executing a specific bill. I think that telcos need to be really mindful of the interdependencies between the different types of asset classes because we've seen real convergence. What about you, Mike? Any any thoughts to build on that? I would completely agree with Isabel and having a view of all the assets holistically. By nature, this is a network. So everything depends on one another and you can break those asset pieces apart, but really they're looking across that continuum and that value chain. In our work with operators, specifically on this topic, and especially operators that are multinational where the market dynamics are very different. There are a few factors that we really focus on. Asset by asset, we look at the maturity. So in some markets, for instance, we'll look at tower situation, maybe the same exact operator and their portfolio, but in some areas, the towers are still generating value, meaning disproportionate fair share. And so they shouldn't be carved out. At the same time, the country right next door, that tower market may be fairly mature and there's overbuild of towers everywhere. And so it may be time to be the first mover to carve out your tower. So you know, the maturity of the market and then, of course, the competitive intensity. Then I would also say you know, the uniqueness of the assets. So in some mature markets, you may just not have uh, the ability to have a data center or hyperscale presence for cloud. I'll give you an example of the Caribbean where you have trouble with power and connectivity off islands, it may just make sense for the operator to hold on to the data center and provide those cloud services for different businesses. And then the other thing we're looking at across the globe is the ability of a neutral party, meaning someone that you're going to be working with and not competing with, to pay for the assets, um, to operate the assets to your SLAs, and basically prevent any disruption to the business. So Again, it's market by market, almost bespoke strategies, very important to just look market by market. 
The last thing I would say is there are specific markets that are opening up. If we talk about, for instance, New York City subways or subways in any major metropolitan area where they're bypassing even owning the assets. In New York City, for instance, there is a transit wireless who runs the subway system and the wireless. They bring everything back to a carrier hotel and four different carriers are connecting into the subway stations. None of the carriers own assets in there. It is a neutral party. So there are some instances where there's new businesses being delivered and services that are being delivered. And, and so then you just have like a different asset right uh, thinking right up front. So you're not capturing a life cycle. Well, that's really interesting. Thank you both. Really picking up the, the sense that you need this holistic view and that there are interdependencies, if you like, between your different assets. But also there are some big questions around market maturity, uniqueness of the asset and timing of the transaction, if you like. If we think about going asset right as a phase journey and one that evolves over a period of years, what do telcos need to consider so that their, their current strategies are, are fit for the future? Starting with you, Mike, on that one. Sure thing. I think asset right is a journey or, or maybe it's more of a game. You, you constantly want to capture positions where your assets allow you to extract value at the start of the life cycle. So when you exit, if it makes sense, you want to be capturing capital and reinvesting or distributing back to investors. And so that whole life cycle is really important and it never stops. The challenge that is, isn't often cited is investing in the asset at the right time and more important, exiting at the right time. So for example, you don't want to be the second wireless operator to sell towers because then a tower co or a neutral party already has a baseline of towers in the market. So in some instances, the timing becomes really important when you exit the assets based on the competition. It's sort of a game that you're playing within this journey and it's never ending. The interconnected nature of, of the networks and digital infrastructure, we're talking IT, trucks, employees, network stack, you know, everything's entangled. And so entangling these is also a massive consideration when going asset right and understanding this complexity. Owning the infrastructure, serving the customers, and operating the assets, it's something you really have to manage very tightly. Now, absolutely. And I think, to me, one critical aspect is that telcos need to continue revisiting their strategies. This is, as Mike was saying, an evolving process. So they need to continue questioning themselves whether they're getting it right. And things may change over time. We are in a fast-changing industry. We're seeing different forces converging together. And telcos need to make sure that they rethink their needs and their strategy day after day. So it's not, I execute this deal, I forget about it, I got my strategy right. It's about rethinking their strategy every day and being flexible around it as well. That's really interesting to hear. Thank you, Isabel, and thank you, Mike, for your thoughts. I mean, clearly this notion of complexity is, is coming to the fore here and the importance of timing and revisiting. So I think we've covered a lot of ground today in terms of talking through asset right and what it means for operators. What do you see as the key actions they need to consider in order to achieve the best outcomes? Maybe some parting thoughts from you both. And maybe, Isabel, I'll start with you. Unfortunately, telcos have no time to lose on this. They need to get it right. It's crucial for them and for their shareholders. They really need to evaluate their entire portfolio, take a holistic view, but also make sure that they are 
flexible in any strategy that they decide to undertake because I believe the benefits are clear. They will have revenue opportunities. The strategy will bring innovation. They will reduce complexity. They will generate costs and improve margins. This needs to be done on a continuous basis with a flexible and holistic approach. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with Isabel on this. I, mean, I think asset right is entirely appropriate for operators, but also for investors to understand. For operators, it's like a Ferrari. It can be really high performance, but it needs to be a more high touch and educated process as you're building out the strategy. And it's one that's continuous. Those that master this are, are going to be in a fantastic position within the markets. And for investors who also understand it, they also will be well positioned in the market. Well, that's great. You know, thank you, Mike. And thank you, Isabel, for sharing your perspectives today. And thank you for joining us today on EY's Tech Connect podcast. 